So enlightenment would mean there's no separate self. What is it that initially then wants to look? Because we would then consider that to be the ego. But does something have to go in search of? Does a separate self have to go in search of in order to find? Or is it a deep, deep inner pull of the divine calling itself home? Yeah, yeah. I think you put it really well saying that the, the deep calling of the divine pulling itself home, we call that grace in mm -hmm. spirituality. Uh, mm -hmm. Ultimately, you can look at it from either point of view, depending on which might be more helpful for a seeker. So in the beginning of the seeking journey, when you fully believe I am this separate person who's lost and estranged from my real nature, then it is helpful to say, okay, you must desire enlightenment more than anything else. It has to be the all-consuming desire, and you must seek it with great self-effort all day, every day. And so then the person says, okay, I'll do it, and they read and meditate and all this stuff. And eventually mm -hmm. all this spiritual practice they do is gradually dissolving the sense and belief that I am a separate self and more and more awareness is opening to the recognition of, oh no, there's just the one source having a dream. And so I am that source and this, the feverish desire that we have to begin the journey with eventually transforms into a feverish love and devotion to know your real nature. Because as we've said, it's, it's always experienced as so indescribably wonderful and peaceful that you just can't help but fall in love with it. So to answer your question of like, who, who does the seeking, ultimately it is the source lost mm. in a dream becoming lucid to itself. And this is where I think we can understand free will a little bit better in that the question is always, well, then are you saying that a person doesn't have free will or there is no free will? And the answer from that perspective is yes, the person is obviously an extremely limited uh, vessel that doesn't have full autonomous control over anything it's doing. It just thinks that it does, but it's really just being pushed and pulled on by its environment and reacting to its environment and then calling that free will. Yeah. So the person doesn't have free will, but the one source of the universe does have free will. And in fact, its will is always being accomplished. So when your sense of self merges with the universal self, you actually start to feel like, ah, yes, everything that happens is my will. Everything that happens is ultimately perfect because the source is knowing itself and everything. And all of life is infinite and eternal. So nothing actually dies. Nothing is destroyed or hurt in this world. It's all just a dream. So you come to mm -hmm. peace. You come to terms with reality in that way. And so I think that as... As a person, believing you're a person, the only thing we could really say represents your actual free will coming through is uh, if we look at the analogy of becoming lucid in a dream. Um, I used to practice lucid dreaming really heavily, and many people listening probably have. When you are waking up in a dream and you're having the recognition, wait a minute, I am not this dream character. I am the higher self who's dreaming the character lying in bed right now. And then you get really excited and you go, oh, this is so cool. I'm, I'm lucid in a dream. And you start flying around and doing all kinds of fun stuff. Well, any other action the dream character takes other than that recognition of, oh, I'm, I'm the dreamer. I'm in a dream mm -hmm. right now. Any other action is just the dream, right? It's just the karma of the dream playing the character out. The, you know, when you wake up from a dream, you realize you were just watching a movie the whole time. 
in your mind. You don't say, oh, I did all these great things. It's like, no, it was just a, a story playing out. There was no person choosing anything. Well, it's the same for us in this physical body when when I'm identified as this body and, and behaving according to that, desires and fears and attraction and aversion and suffering, all of that means I'm still asleep to who I am, still dreaming. It's all conditioning running me. But when a desire for enlightenment awakens in someone and they start meditating and, and reading spiritual texts and doing yoga or whatever, that to me is the only thing we can really call free will because it represents your higher self waking up in the dream and saying, no, I want to be awake. And that's what you really are is that awakeness, that aliveness. And uh, when it comes through the person, um, that is essentially your higher self beginning to come through and awaken to the dream that it's having. Yeah. You put it so beautifully like that, that understanding of a dream, right? So what you're saying is if I'm identified as the person and the separate self in this, this reality, then I'm, I would believe I am the character in my own dream. I would right. believe that I am that individual character versus well i'm it's the dreamer's mind dreaming up the entire dream right you don't even have any other concept of what you could be other than the person you're you're completely locked into that framework mm, mm. thank you Aaron. It, it leads me to something else which like I've, I've been contemplating around we hear a lot in in spiritual communities and just in life i guess like people want to achieve and create something of their lives successful in whichever way they deem success to be like where would something like vision you know come from and we hear a vision boarding and all the different practices like somebody closes their eyes and they're like Aaron like I have this vision for my life to be this and if it's mm -hmm. not a separate self wanting to take from the world in order to you know reaffirm itself and can a vision then come from somewhere where it is actually the path. It's like, well, I am using you as the vessel to achieve whatever needs to unfold for the greater good of all. Yeah, we could say that all desire is ultimately the source's desire to know itself manifesting in an infinite variety of ways because the source is infinite. So it's, it's never going to run out of new ways to discover itself. So any hobby, any passion, any inspiration somebody has can only come from the source, obviously. Mm -hmm. So like you can connect with this by saying, okay, what is it that I'm passionate about? Let's say you're really passionate about music and you write music and you want to do that for your life. Well, why aren't you passionate about playing soccer or something? Yeah. Say, well, I, I don't know. I just not. It's like, exactly. So you just the desire for music somehow found you in this incarnation. You can't really explain how or why you were so attracted to music. It's just, it's what you know, it's what happened. Uh, but this guy couldn't care less about making music. He wants to play soccer under the big lights and that's his, what gets him up every day. So did you guys choose those desires? Like you, you had a bunch of options you could survey and you went soccer or music. I'm going to go with music. And then, Oh, I'm so inspired to play music. No, it just, you just found yourself in love with music. That's because the source, the universe is manifesting that desire through you because mm -hmm. it needs some kind of medium through which to experience itself. And the person, the body here is that medium. So what I say to people who ask this question is absolutely allow your desires to live through you to the fullest because that's a very divine experience, but just don't take personal credit for it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. 
Uh, mm -hmm. None of your desires actually belong to you, the person. You. So just give them back to the universe. Let the universe experience that through you to the fullest. And when you can actually get out of the way, you actually can experience that, that passion, that dream exponentially greater than you could if you think that, well, me, the person, I'm going to be more happy in this terrible life if I can follow this passion, if I can get famous. We know that's not how it works. Um, we, we call it the flow state, right? I always use the Michael Jordan analogy. Michael Jordan would talk about how he, he loved playing basketball so much that when he was on the court, there was no Michael playing basketball. Like he became basketball itself. He was channeling basketball and he would just read and react. There was no thinking at all. He would say, when I was in the zone, it was like, I could never miss a shot or make a wrong move. Some higher intelligence was like moving me, but if Michael goes to hit that buzzer beater three-point shot and the thought comes in, oh no, what if I miss the shot? Everyone's going to hate me and I, I lose the game and my, my fame's going to go down. My reputation's going to go down. He's definitely going to miss the shot, hmm. right? So he can't make it about him, the person. He has to make it about the passion itself and be lost in that. So it's the same for any of us, right? Whatever you are passionate about, that's how you know you're qualified to do that thing. Like your passion qualifies you for it. And I think a lot of times the ego wants to discredit us by making us feel like we're not worthy of such a grand dream or desire. When in fact, the very, the very fact that you are excited about it means the universe has chosen you to be its manifestation. Mm -hmm. Aaron, then the inverse of that, I would love to hear what you think, right? So now someone's out in the world, they were once inspired and passionate about what they were doing, it served them until perhaps the point that it now doesn't, right? Let's say, in business, somebody was like doing what they thought they loved at the time. And now they're getting like that inner knowing of like, well, I'm unhappy showing up this way. What would your support and advice in that regard be like? So it's not the calling towards fame and greatness. It's actually the like, dissolving of something that maybe somebody doesn't enjoy anymore. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a great question. I think a big part of us finding our purpose in this life is to follow the breadcrumb trails and be faithful to that. Be, be true to yourself in that, yeah, if I'm not excited about doing something anymore, then I'm not supposed to be doing that right now. Uh, my, my, my highest excitement is the breadcrumb that the universe leaves mm -hmm. for me. So when we're always living from that passionate purpose and following it as it changes and evolves, like it will definitely change and evolve as you change and evolve, right? As you go deeper into yourself, as you expand in your awareness and your authenticity, the universe will give you higher and higher opportunities to match that new growth. So yeah, we have to also be flexible and willing to adapt and change because truthfully, what the universe wants to do through you yeah, it might be like be a famous basketball player or musician, but the universe has an infinite amount of new dreams it wants to bring through, new ideas, new creative things that no one on earth has ever thought of before, new talents that want to be born. And <clears throat> the only way that people realize the true uniqueness of every individual soul is by following the breadcrumb trail of their passion and letting the universe mold it together for you over time like a potter with clay or something. Mm. Um, everything that you're passionate about, like truly excited and inspired about, can and will play a role in that calling in some way. 
So I think we also just, we limit ourselves so much in terms of what we think is possible. And just because our, our individual creativity is nowhere near that of the universe. And we try to do it ourselves and think about what do I think I'll be in the world? And whatever we try to think of or, or predict is just a limitation on it. So it's always like, be in this present moment, follow your passion right now. What are you inspired to do right now? Do that thing. And I'm saying all of this because that's what happened to me basically was um, I had absolutely no idea what four years ago that I had any kind of ability to like speak for a living or talk or teach things. If you had asked me then, I would have said, oh, it's definitely not my forte of like explaining things, talking. But I was going through this transformation of leaving my religion and finding mysticism and enlightenment teachings. And I was really passionate about, um, at that time, I was really passionate about helping questioning Christians kind of bridge that gap of how do I make meaning out of these teachings I've held my whole life without just throwing the Bible and Jesus into the dumpster? Like, is there good things here? Is there gold we can rescue mm. from this religion? And I was really passionate about helping people find those answers because I knew how disorienting it is to leave your religion and leave your whole framework for reality. So I was just like, I just feel like I got to make videos about this or I'm going to lose my mind. I'm so passionate about helping people in this way. So I started making videos with no intention or thought to be a YouTuber or to be a teacher. I would literally go on the weekends back to Google with my camera equipment and set up in one of the Google office rooms and just record a video about something. Yeah. And lo and behold, because I was so freaking passionate about it, people started commenting and saying, wow, man, your, your, your passion for this just comes across the video. It's so refreshing. Wow. You're so gifted at explaining these things. And it took me about a year of listening to those comments on YouTube. You're so gifted at explaining things that mm. I finally allowed myself to believe it might be true. I thought, oh, they're just being nice. You know, they're just being kind. That's really sweet of them. But I know I suck at explaining things. You know, <laughs> my own limited thinking blinded me from an actual talent that was here that wanted to be expressed because I, I was limiting myself. So like, look for the ways that you're doing that, I think is the answer. Mm. Awesome. So it goes back to what you say, like, you know, when you get out of the way, so like when Aaron got out of the way and allowed the full permission of it to flow through him, like now we have you on YouTube and we'd be able to listen and, and learn from you. Hey everyone, thank you for watching today's video. I hope that you were truly blessed by it. And I wanted to let you know that I'm really excited to now be partnering with an amazing conscious supplement company called Organifi. A lot of you know that I'm also passionate about holistic health and nutrition. And Organifi has been a staple in my daily health routine for a very long time. They make the most delicious, organic, and high-quality superfood products that I've ever come across. And as you know, a healthy body is a great benefit for spiritual growth because the health of your body directly translates to the health of your mind. Everything is connected. So feeding your body with high vibrational superfoods straight from the earth is one of the best ways to create that environment for a healthy mind. But getting all the superfoods that your body needs in one day can admittedly be a little bit tough. And that is where Organifi can add a ton of value to your life. I personally start every day off with green, which is Organifi's really delicious blend of 11 superfoods like ashwagandha, chlorella, and moringa. And then in the middle of the day, I'll usually have a scoop of red, 
which is a delicious energy blend full of 13 adaptogens and antioxidants from berries to recharge your mind and body with a delicious blend of organic superfoods. Your body is an amazing organic machine, but it needs the right fuel and signals to function at its best. And red is full of adaptogens sourced from organic herbs and medicinal mushrooms. And these are compounds that balance hormones, prime your energy pathways, and alleviate stress. So instead of crushing your adrenal system with huge doses of caffeine every day, adaptogens work with your body and give you natural, sustained energy all throughout the day. What's most important to me though about Organifi is the way that they go above and beyond to ensure the cleanest and purest ingredients in all of their products. They are USDA certified organic, non-GMO, gluten-free, certified glyphosate-free, and absolutely zero fillers. So I never go anywhere without Organifi and I never miss a day without taking it. And Organifi is offering a super generous discount of 20% off of your entire order when you use the coupon code ABKEY at checkout. So if you wanna upgrade your health regimen with Organifi, you can click on the link in the description box below to learn more about all the amazing products that they offer. And I promise you that your mind and your body are gonna thank you for it.